getting recorded and if you don't like it you cannot talk to the people you want to talk to all right um cool should i just jump in jump in yeah i was gonna say jump in um what's up welcome to smite me the torah podcast where we read the torah sometimes and this is one of those times um i'm here with my co-host ayani hayashi hi hi how's it going hey everyone and our guest this week is Steve Hernandez. What's up, Steve? Hey, happy, hey, happy to be happy here. To be Thanks here. for Thanks having for me. Having yeah. Um, so Steve um, is one of our, I would say, first or second. Like, we don't, we don't usually have people who aren't Jewish on. Um, but since you have, <laughs> like, a, um, a background with this stuff, and it's all basically the same book, um, I thought it would be interesting to have you on and hear your perspective on it. Uh, yeah, I'm happy to, I'm happy to be here. I think the, uh, I, I much admire the Jewish religion far more than, uh, the charlatans of Christianity. Uh, I used to be a, a youth minister at a mega church. I grew up in that church and I right now currently host a podcast called read the Bible with me with Steve Hernandez that I'm going to rename cause I started it six months ago and I'm tired of reading it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's bad. I mean, I, I'm, I, when I'm and when I'm talking about the Bible, uh, I should say I, I'm referring more to the New Testament and um, kind of like the con job, how the Apostle Paul kind of like, I mean, he was a genius, but he like stole the Jewish religion and like kind of like bastardized it and made it into the and made Christianity into this other thing. So uh, as reading it. It's just been infuriating because you, you really do understand like what a con job they were trying to do, that there was a battle for this man Jesus afterwards between the uh, Peter and the Apostle Paul, and that the Apostle Paul won, and that uh, the what we think of Christianity today doesn't really – I don't think Jesus ever intended anything to, to – what it is now is nothing like the teachings of Christ. But I do love the Torah and the Old Testament – because I think, and you guys correct me, please, if I'm wrong, uh, no, most Jewish people don't take any of this stuff literally, correct? Um, there are people who do, but kind of like with every uh, religion and belief, they're fucking unbearable. But also, <laughs> what's interesting is like I have family that are very religious, and they take they take a lot of that stuff seriously. Like they take like following all the rules of, of keeping kosher seriously and all that. And like the rules of what to, to do and not do on Shabbat. But like, I don't think they think like the earth opened up and swallowed up like a bunch of people. Like, I don't think, you know what I mean? I don't think they believe. in it. Yeah. I mean, and they don't think that, you know, the devil was a snake in the garden of Eden, literally. Correct. Yeah. We don't do too much devil. I mean, we don't, we don't <laughs> think about the devil too much. Um, I think also it would bear mentioning historically that uh, 
the the Judaism kind of practice today uh, is by definition kind of in the t- time period that the New Testament is being written. It's morphing because the Romans are, are like have occupied the area and they're not allowed to do their sacred rituals and all the stuff that honestly we've been reading a ton about. They're not allowed to do that in the temple anymore, so we don't have like a big temple to sacrifice anymore. So a lot of the stuff that's in the Torah kind of becomes moot without the, uh, you know, the the big altar to be doing crazy gut animal sacrifices at. Um, so I think that's kind of why there's a little bit. I, I think especially with like modern religious Jews, there's kind of a lot of stuff that just gets tossed into like not applicable anymore. Okay, so let me ask you this question because uh, the the from what I've understood, so when uh, Judeans or the, those were the Jewish people at the time, when they would come to to sacrifice at like some once a year and bring their whole family and do all that, that wasn't the original temple. Then uh, that temple, as we when we think about the temple, hadn't been built. It was knocked down when. First one was when uh, I forget who someone conquered. Uh, I believe it was the Assyrians. Maybe. I don't know. Old history. They came, knocked it down, expelled the Jews. Then Cyrus, the great leader of the Achaemenid Persian Empire, restored the uh, the Jews to Jerusalem. Then they built a second temple. Then the Romans came, knocked that one down. No third temple. When did uh, did the Romans knock that one down? And wasn't it like 66 AD? Something like that. Yeah. Okay, so when we talk about the story of Christ, this th- it hasn't happened yet. I don't. The temple still is. I don't is think standing. so because he runs them out. I remember. I remember. Yeah, he right? runs them out. Yeah. Okay, because they're they're selling pigeons, and they're like, "Look, this is special, sexy, <laughs> holy pigeons." Good. Okay, I just wanted to clarify the timeline on some of this stuff to see if we we're talking about the same thing. Yeah, and then yeah. it kind of goes through this massive switch because there's all these people who are becoming essentially Christian Jews as they were known, who are like, I'm really into this Jesus guy. And then there's a lot of people who are kind of not super down with the kind of Roman puppet government uh, that's leading the temple. And then in like a couple decades, that temple's going to get destroyed. Uh, yes. And uh, Rome, uh, Roman and all the like uh, puppet, like terrible Jewish people and Pharisees and all that kind of stuff were always looking to strike down anybody who would call themselves a, a messiah or try to lead the Ju- Judeans to some kind of um, uprising against the Romans. Yeah. And I think that's I think that's one thing that you in like modern sort of more secular Judaism, you kind of don't see the focus on like a messiah anymore. I don't like I really don't remember hearing too much when I was going to synagogue about like hey, there's like you're trying to prepare for like a messianic age or like anything like that. But I think in the fundamentalist Jewish um, communities, you get a lot more of that. Yeah, I think there's some really like very religious and like just kind of trippy people who think. And I don't know. Like like mystical people, right? Yeah, people yeah. who are like pretty like Jewish and pretty religious, but also mystical and like, yeah, that's a better word. Hard to talk to, you could say. <laughs> Sometimes hard to talk to for like a little bit until you start going in circles. We're talking about all that stuff, but to me that again uh, is like, I, I that makes me respect the practicality of uh, the Jewish religion where 
you know, the temples destroyed, the Messiah did not come. So for the most part, 90% of Jewish people were like, all right, we're going to just let all that stuff go. <laughs> I mean, I, which to me is like, that's why I love the Jewish religion in a lot of ways. How I've always interpreted this is that, Hey, there's a God who's kind of going to do whatever he wants, and he has the right to do it because he's God, and we could never comprehend that. So we're going to do our best um, to treat each other right and to get through this thing together. Yeah, I think that's a, uh, that's kind of the, the modern sort of uh, – the, the slightly more secular kind of be Jewish in the wider world sort of mentality. Um, and that's definitely, I think, the approach that a lot of this book has towards God, which is, as we've kind of read through most of it, it doesn't really seem to be positive, negative so much as it is just that, like, God does whatever he wants, and he, you either get swallowed up by the pit or you don't. And that's kind of <laughs> – What I was thinking about is that, like, I don't know, like, if you compare compare Judaism to a lot of Christianity, like, there's – a lot of times Judaism, if you would feel like Judaism comes out on top, but then like, if you just think about like for Judaism, all we have is these five books. I mean, we have more, but essentially it's just the, these ones where it's like God being a really punitive asshole. And then, but then the Christians actually get Christ who's like cool and like a socialist. So I don't know. It feels. Yeah. We well, don't, that, we don't have, that a would lot be cool. That oh, would be cool. If, um, if like that's what the the Christ that Christians followed, but they don't follow that Christ, that Christ, yeah, who says like mm, you shouldn't save any money, like all of your money you should give to poor people, and like if you put it in the banks, you're a loser. <laughs> uh, but but they don't, you know, that's absolutely not the Christ. The Gospels, uh, J- John, Matthew, Luke, and um, uh, Mark. Um, John is like just straight up the magical gospel. I'm telling you guys, I'm straight up renaming my podcast. This is the first time I'm talking about it publicly and like going a little bit of a different direction. Because, yeah, it is an exclusive because like the book of John is like such a con job. Um, That's when Jesus is straight up like Superman and he does a bunch of like magic shit and he says like, I'm God, don't tell anyone, like that kind of stuff. And he doesn't. He doesn't really say it in any of the other gospels. He does like a few uh, magical things, but John, whenever you hear of like something crazy, Jesus saying something like crazy, uh, or like him doing like super miraculous shit, it's in the book of John, and it's like a straight up lie. But because people at the time like believed in in the gods like uh, Zeus coming down and all these things and having sex with uh, human beings that then the people at the time were like oh okay this this is probably the the guy it wasn't too crazy for them but the fact that Christians modern day Christians believe that the god of the u- universe impregnated a 14 year old girl and that's still like the basis of their religion is fucking <laughs> l- ludicrous yeah. ludicrous yikes yeah. Oh boy. Well, I mean, that's what. But I mean, what else can you do? Part of the reason why it's like I, you know, I've not really made it a secret that I think this book is fucking dumb, and I think that there's not really a, a tremendous amount of, of value in it. It's worth noting that, like, as ludicrous as these things sound, uh, they're and one of the reasons we're doing the show is like it's still very much part of our culture, um, and like the we, you know. 
people have been trying to glean lessons from these, uh, frankly, fucking insane kind of premises for (laughs) stories. Um, And as a result, like, you know, it's it's is it good that like to really seriously study Western literature? You kind of have to study the Bible. I don't know that that's a good thing, but it's how it is. Um, And we just have to deal with that. Yeah, I agree with you. But I'm like, I should stop talking about this stuff because <laughs> <laughs> it's really I think it's bad for the world and it's bad for our country. But I, I completely 100 percent agree with you that what um, to just keep digging Western- these stories up again and again and seeing. If <laughs> uh, we can find I mean, anything. just to, well, well, because, yeah, to say that this book is any more special than any other book of literature, uh, I do think what's tremendous about. It, there's nothing tremendous about these books. What's tremendous is a human being's ability to, um, like make to uplift these things and give them like all um special importance. Have you, are you guys watching Station Eleven at all? Station Eleven, what? Yeah, on, on HBO. Dude, it's great. It's the best show on TV right now. It's on HBO. It's like a post-apocalyptic, um movie about this our uh series limited series on hbo about the end of the world this disease comes they started filming it before covid too that knocks out like for every thousand people there's only one survivor and so it's this is going to sound bad what i'm going to say but it's surrounded about this acting troupe that like just goes (laughs) (laughs) that that goes around because every you know the grid's knocked out there's like hardly any electricity but that goes around and like perform Shakespeare at, at different like settlements and stuff. So God, be- beautiful oh, this is, show. This is Hollywood propaganda. The only yeah, people t- who survive are the actors. No, no, but there are like <laughs> I mean, they're like do the, the fact that they're still like I said on paper it sounds terrible, but anyways, <laughs> uh, there's a like evil prophet in it. But all all these people are kind of based around this one graphic novel where there was only these five copies of it, and uh, all that to say when I was watching the show I was like. And and uh, these kids and this prophet have like memorized this graphic novel, and they say the phrases from it. And it was just reminded to me is that oh yeah, human beings could do this with any book if we just had this thing and say God wrote it or it has this special importance. We can imbue it with this uh, with this uh, all this meaning and oh it means this or people do it with Harry Potter, people do it with Star Wars, people do it with Star Trek all the time. Oh yeah. And and so to me, I'm just like, oh, we're just fucking stupid. And if we keep, I mean, I'm not trying to dissuade you guys from your podcast. Okay, I'm just telling you what I did with mine. <laughs> <laughs> we've like we've started doing like it's not always about the Bible. Like last, sometimes just about random Jewish shit. Last yeah. episode we watched, don't mess with the Zohan, and talked about like the insane politics <laughs> of that movie. The insane politics of that movie. It's a wild, it's a wild watch. Well, I mean, you have, uh, you know, uh, Jewish people have such a, a rich history and like um, there's just so much more to it than the Torah, I feel like at this point. Whereas, um, you know, evangelical Christians are just pretty disgusting for the most part and the reason why w- the world's probably going to end. So uh, you keep doing your thing. I'm going to keep doing my thing. <laughs> Should we should we dive into this chapter? Hell yeah! I I, I got a summary for our uh, for our <laughs> listeners here, who uh, I hope aren't reading along with us. That's not the point. <laughs> no, no, the point is that you don't have to. 
Um, all right. So this one is called Kora or Korach, um, depending on how deep you want to get into the uh, pronunciation. So the chapter starts with uh, this this man, Kora, who is essentially a rich kid descendant of Levi. And he goes up to Moses and he's like, hey, how come you get to be all the holy holies and get all the money monies? We want some of that. Um and Moses is a little bit taken aback and is basically like, I kind of already made you guys the special Levite. You're like, you guys basically have all the power except for the power I have. Like, you want to be more special? And basically, Korah says, like, yeah, we're going to do our fucking incense offerings. Um, and kind of just jabs Moses in the side and was like, by the way, you told us about this land of milk and honey. And now we're in the desert and we're going to fucking die. And I, I hate you. It's actually a re- pretty reasonable response. So God hits up Moses uh, and basically just goes like, look, tomorrow morning, don't stand too close to Korah. Um, wear a red shirt or whatever the fuck. Um, so the next day opens up. They kind of have the, a little uh, uh, a little talky talk. And then the uh, earth sw- opens up and swallows Korah and their property. So that's, you know, that's exciting. Um it mentions that all the tents and all the stuff goes in there. Um, and then anyone else who wasn't sort of initially in the uh, earth-swallowing radius sort of just spontaneously combusts. And, and Moses is ever the pragmatist and grabs all the copper and is like, hey, we can use this to decorate the art. <laughs> <laughs> Which I thought was hilarious. I didn't think of it. It's way funnier now that you frame it as him just like stripping the copper out of the walls. He's like, look. Uh, all the altars, the little altars or whatever, they're all dead. So there's no point in wasting good copper. Uh, oh, it just says here in my notes, everyone is upset. Um, <laughs> which is, yeah. So the Israelites accuse Moses of killing a bunch of people. Uh, so God is like, I can handle this and afflicts them all with plague. The plague kills apparently 14,700 people, which is like most of the fucking people. Uh, and then God says, okay, show me the staff, uh, show me your staff. And basically, you know, uh, if, uh, you show them the staff, then I forgive them and they all kind of will come back. Uh, they do some weird stuff with some sneaky sneakies or is that later? I don't know. Uh, it doesn't matter. Wait, what's the sneaky stuff? The snakies, the snakes. Yeah. 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 There's some snakes involved. They have whatever. Who cares? It's all fucking dumb. Um, and then at the end of it. God reiterates basically that the even though there was a kind of rebellion with the Levites, they're still way more special than regular people. Um, <laughs> and also regular people are no longer allowed to approach the holy stuff. They never no more. were. They, they never were, but now they're super not. Reiterating <laughs> like, because this time, like before it was like, hey, uh, d- don't approach the tent of meeting, they call it, because that's like a really gauche thing to do. Now it's like under punishment of either spontaneous combustion or the earth swallowing up. Like the rules have gotten. Aaron's sons already got killed for like fighting up the hard. incense ceremony. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. This is, uh, this is, again, we were talking earlier about how it's wild that these stories are, you know, are still so important in our culture. This is another one of those that's just like, I get what, what do we glean from this one other than, man, don't piss God off. So wait, do, uh, do, do you guys study like the Psalms or the Proverbs or anything at all? We do. It's like part not of- me and Ayani in particular no. don't, but we yeah. Yeah. 
figure we'll get there when we get there. Like if we if we burn through these five books, but yeah, Jews in general are are into that sort of thing. Yeah. So typically, it's, when someone reads from the Torah, like for your bar mitzvah or just at the service, you read a uh, the section of the Torah, like we just did, and then you'll read a section of the extra writings that includes like the proverbs and the psalms and stuff. Well, I mean, if you're just dueling with these for the first five bucks, the Torah, then God isn't like really that that loving. I don't think. I guess maybe to the is uh, to the Israelites, he is. He, um, in a couple sometimes. cases, he is. He's, but yeah, no, he's pretty. But uh, he's mostly just this monster kind of. Yeah. <laughs> and then, he like buys you an Xbox one year for Christmas, but most of the time he's just beating the shit out of you. <laughs> yeah, he's pretty. He's pretty awful. Um, but then there's this weird dynamic that kind of takes place in this book and like in this particular chapter and throughout like numbers and beyond is where it's like the three kind of units that are all like in that are all like, like there's, there's Moses, there's God and then the Israelites and everyone hates everyone. So it's like, I don't know. There's all these weird dynamics where it's like God keeps being like, Moses, like, do you want me to kill these people? Because that's <laughs> he keep he consistently. It's like Moses, like, all I will murder everyone, and we can start over. And Moses is like, God, don't kill everybody. Oh, I think the idea <laughs> of like the loving God, especially in this time, is just it's like holdover propaganda from like bringing the Israelites out of Egypt. And I think in a lot of ways, it seems like God feels like, look, that's enough. Now I can just fuck around with you. There's no, I already did the big thing. Um, cause like, this is gonna, this is like, I think the fourth or fifth time that God has just been like, I'm angry and mass death is the consequence of it. Yeah. I mean, this is, I think I could think of maybe three, three other times in, in the Bible, in the old Testament when, um, this is, there's like a test and God kills the bad guys. Cause, uh, a priest, cause Ezekiel or someone says, all right, I'm going to do this. Like, and watch God's real. He's going to kill all of you guys. And he does kill everyone. And it's like, see, he's real. That's like his favorite thing to do. <laughs> the Israelites are rarely, they're not really saying God's not real. They're just saying like God sucks. Yes. The, the, uh, the, the uprising uh, led by Korah, yeah, is just saying we don't have, uh, but they're really just, I don't know. I guess they're saying they don't have faith in God, but they're really saying they don't have faith in Moses, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. that's kind of what they're getting at. They're like, look, we're going to do the incense service. They get, they do an offering to God. They're like, God's cool, but Moses we don't like. But, you know, he's like – but again, it's kind of that whole thing with prophets and heroes and whatever and why I personally think that there's such like shitty narratives overall because – what this book I think is accidentally getting at is like if you're trying to engage with like a spiritual or godlike figure and you're doing it through a single person, disrespecting the single person is essentially the same as disrespecting the like entity, right? They don't have their own way of interacting with God. So if they disrespect Moses, what's the fucking difference? Yeah, I mean this is – that that's what's gross about religion is I think almost almost everyone says that there's always – uh, a mouthpiece or a person between you and God, and that you have to have faith that that person is God's chosen one, correct? Right. And it's like the lesson of this chapter is like sometimes someone will speak up and say like, can't we all talk to God? Like, aren't we all connected to God? And that person is basically fucking wrong and <laughs> – <laughs> 
Well, I mean, that is one cool thing about uh, Christ. Uh, there is one part in the Bible which is so Johnny, funny that your podcast. One cool thing. About uh, the, <laughs> <laughs> that's my name of my emo band. Um, <laughs> that it does. There is a portion, a part. I think this might be in John two, the crazy book, which is so fun. Is that supposedly? Christ came to be the ultimate sacrifice, and when he dies, that the curtain from the Holy of Holies is ripped in half, right when Christ dies, um, saying that we don't need the temple anymore to have a relationship with God. So that kind of thing, the the democratizing of God and a relationship with God uh, is a super cool thing, but then uh, Christians quickly reestablish a church and then uh, create Catholicism, one of the greater evils uh, on the planet. There's also this funny inverse that I think me and Ayani have experienced where, like, we come from these, like, Bay Area, like, reformed Jewish synagogues that try to be progressive. So you'll hear a rabbi, like, try to make some, like, nice, wholesome lesson out of a story like this where essentially (laughs) the, the real message is just, like, don't, speak up against authority or you will die. Yeah. (laughs) It's funny watching them try to be like, well, it's about like gossip. Maybe, maybe it's about why you shouldn't gossip. I don't know. I think there's like, I, I feel like there's so many stories, particularly now in like this, this section of the Bible too, where the, the moral of the story is like, look, it's okay. Sometimes you have doubts. Just shut the fuck up about them. (laughs) <laughs> oh yeah have faith that the person who says he's for sure god's chosen yeah he for sure by the way that he is god's chosen uh for sure just like uh he probably is so be cool yeah it's like it's really the worst advice you could ever give anyone which is like that person who says they're way more special than you they're right <laughs> but then it's also like kind of this like I don't know if I want to like maybe a fucked up reinforcement of class dynamics or whatever it is. But the fact that it's like so there's Moses who's like tier one and then there's um, what's his name? Um, Korach and like all these other guys who are tier two. And then there's everyone else who's tier three. And so the tier two guys are like, hey, we want to be tier one. And then Moses as tier one is like, motherfucker, you could be tier three. You could be tier 100. Like I'll like don't. Okay, don't. Shit. Yeah. <laughs> And then, but that's what's crazy about it. And then at the very end, they, they don't even really get a consequence beyond that. It's just like, yeah, you're tier two. Wait, they get killed. Well, I mean, the, uh, the rest of them. I mean, but then like the, get... the 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 in terms of like class dynamics, like that the position of that class doesn't change in society. It gets further entrenched into what it was. Sure. This verse in uh, Numbers uh, sixteen fifteen is so funny to me because they just say we're gonna. We're going to do an offering anyway, whatever. And verse 15 says, Moses was very angry and said to the Lord, pay no attention to their offering. I have not taken one donkey from them, and I have not harmed any one of them. (laughs) (laughs) He's mad. Don't even. I've been. This isn't. I've not taken one donkey. They have no right to say that. I'm like, shut the fuck up. But also Moses telling God, like, that offering you're about to get does not count. (laughs) That's not. That's not real. It's bullshit. Do not pay attention to that offering. This is not real. I have not taken one. This is not one donkey. Don't smell that shit. (laughs) 
Do not smell, smell that shit. I know you love your smells, God. You're all about <laughs> smelling good smells. A fragrant first offering. Man, God just loved murking people. Oh, um, it's his favorite. I I do. Uh, I believe his name is Jack Miles. He wrote a book called God, and then he wrote a second book called Christ. I think he's out of um, the Claremont School of Theology, and I believe these were pretty big books at some point. But uh, he does a very interesting thing where he um, he says, what if we were to look at the Bible as a whole as literature and uh, chronologically? And and what if we believe the idea, which I kind of subscribe to this idea in the if we're looking at God and, and religion and, and like a Dungeons of Dragons thing? Um what if, uh, like, a, a world in and of its own, like a, a myth and a tale? Sure. Uh, what if God was actually in time, not above it and before it and in the future and all this, but what if he was existing in time and that he grew and he learned and he started to understand people so much so that it makes more sense that way why God just, like, is killing people at the beginning? I mean, I think there's, like, a... We kind of talked about it in another episode, too. That's sort of like the issue of what happens when you try and create narratives that have uh, omnipotent beings, which is their stories written by humans. So you have these this kind of conflict where this supposedly omnipotent being can't escape its humanity because it's written by a, a human person and is like, yeah, as a result, like kind of petty, a little bit shitty. And like the justification for it is is sort of that like well we experience these emotions but then it sort of if you really try to break down what the story is trying to say it kind of flattens it because it's like well so you're saying that like the most omnipotent most powerful thing in the world grows up and throws temper tantrums like a six-year-old and like yeah. that's again that's like a cool way of looking at it but then i don't really want to follow six-year-old god like yeah. and then ten, tw- so and then also on a weirder level, then two thousand years later, you're supposed to be like six year old God nailed it. Don't change the rules. Yeah, <laughs> like, like that's a that's if you really think about it, that's like a hell of a ask for a normal person. Yeah, I mean we're supposed to. You you could just when you hear a story like this, this is very you know I guess Jewish moms aren't too different than Mexican moms, where they're just basically like if you don't listen, God's gonna kill you. Uh, <laughs> I mean, that's what stories like this exist. Just to listen or else God will kill you. And it's like, oh, okay, mom. Yeah. Uh, I'm I'm not buying it because God doesn't do this kind of shit anymore. Like this is a this is the ultimate the ultimate like reinforcement or idea that this reinforces is just because I said so. Yes. Um okay, wait. This is a a great reoccurring theme. I wanted to get your take, Steve. When when the when the Bible says that somebody like Moses or somebody fell on their face. What do you, how do you see that as, as happening? Like, just like planking, falling straight forward. Yeah. Like Wayne's world, like the, we're not we're worthy. Not worthy. Okay. All right. Yeah. Yes. Uh, Lane, uh, what do they say? Prostrate or yeah, I think they say that, but just, yeah. Flat on the face. Spread eagle. Great. Yeah. Spread just, yeah. Flat on, on their face. Just like that. Begging God, begging him. Come on. <laughs> I mean, I guess what what are you supposed to do? Well, you know, my mom's you know my mom's a, a real crazy Christian too. She's real mystical and, and thinks she's a prophet and all this shit. And 
Well, that's my mom, fun. yeah, I mean, you know, it's something. But she la- she lays on, she will lay on the ground like that and like weep for like two or three hours, reading the Bible, calling out to God, and that kind of stuff. She she still does this. Oh wow, she, she's real old school, like Moses. That's yeah, that's There's cool. A- I don't, I don't know. I feel like that's probably pretty cathartic. I yeah. would definitely say that Jewish services overall have lost a lot of the like charisma and showmanship that like a lot of other <laughs> religious ceremonies have. Like I I'm not gonna ever be the one who like goes out of the aisles and falls face first on the ground, but I'd like to see it happen. Yeah, no one's gonna no one's like falling on their face because of like some shitty acoustic guitar at Oh my god, yeah. Yeah, some cantor singing fucking uh, one of the prayers to the tune of fucking redemption song. <laughs> uh huh. Yeah. Which is yeah. yeah. Let me ask you a que- a question. Do are there are there like uh, any sects of Judaism that think like that the the horrors that the Jewish people have experienced that that they've been that they've brought that upon themselves? Uh, there's some. There are some fundamentalist groups that will make that argument. But again, like kind of like every other fundamentalist group, it's like your entire idea of the world is fucking ass backwards and upside down that like, of course, you kind of view it like that, where it's like, you know, in so many cases, they're always trying to kind of basically say like, fuck outside influence. So, you know, like there, there are definitely people who like, you know, we... I think in a lot of ways people imagine that like Judaism and Christianity are like hyper distinct, which they are in a lot of ways. But at the same time, like they're written from the same core, original core book, the one we're talking about. So like the the and they existed side by side. So like a lot of the same ideas will sort of permeate through both traditions, which is why you'll end up with like. You know, you can laugh at people like the Amish or the the Shakers, whoever, who are like, no, life was perfect in whatever year and whatever. There's like a version of ultra orthodox people that do the exact same. thing. I mean, we yeah, the clothes are. Yeah. It was just that's the clothes it's they like, wore in a certain year when they decided to settle into into like this is perfect and never has to change. That's why you have people who are wearing like in New York City who are wearing coats that are appropriate for like the 1856 Russian winter. Well, cause like, they, yeah, they didn't factor in climate change when they were. <laughs> <laughs> would you ever as a pastor like cover a, a port, like a chapter like this or would you mostly stick to? No, we're pretty good at like, I mean, I've read all, I've read all this stuff before and. You, you, we, you know, Christians kind of had a very like the Old Testament God's different than Christ. Uh, you have to because you can't like really. It's hard to talk about like love and forgiveness and grace, and then you know that the God's back there just like murdering people. Uh, I'm thinking about the fact that they drag them down to Sheol, which is like basically Jewish hell, except we don't have hell. But I don't know. I'm just wondering if in like. A Christian version of this story, it would just be say hell. Well, no, that you know, I, I, I think what Christianity and uh, Judaism with this kind of stuff have in common is we're basically talking about rules and um, and and laws, and that certain laws have to be followed. And so, even you know that 
the guy who dies when they're carrying the Ark of the Covenant and you're not supposed to touch it, but it slips and he like goes to grab it and he dies. It's like, hey, man, God doesn't he did. God didn't kill that. That guy just broke the law. And so when you're talking about heaven and hell with Christians and you're saying God doesn't God's a God of love. Uh, he doesn't want you to go to hell, but the way he has set up the universe with all these laws, um, that just has to be what happens. He had to give his son Christ to pay this price. Uh, otherwise, you know, even 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 though he didn't want anybody to go, he's a God of love. Why would he ever want anyone to go to hell? That's the way he set up the universe, and so he has to abide by his own laws. So I think when you read a story like this, you're going to be talking about laws. You're going to be talking about cause and effect, and uh, you you would derive that kind of a lesson from a thing, is that you reap what you sow, so that uh, sin, the wages of sin is death. And so because this guy, these guys, Korah, uh, uh, tried to question God, uh, and God's chosen, then he was killed, and that's going to be what happened. So like a cause and effect kind of thing uh, for breaking the law. Yeah, that's the thing too because it's like this – it's not like the lesson from this story is that great, but given the like context of the story, like I don't feel that bad for Korah. Like he knew what he was – he should have known better. Like this is like the tenth time in a row that somebody's – fucked with either God or Moses and then got killed for it. So it's like, are you really like putting your hand in that fire again, dude? Like, and he's also, he's not like he's advocating for the people. He's like, no, you're he's wealthy. About- I want to be wealthy like you. Yeah, no, he's all about Cora. That's true. <laughs> yeah. And then everyone, like all the fucking losers who want to follow him and like, you know, they get swallowed up too. I think there is something hilarious though, about like having the figure of an omnipotent God who is constantly just like, look, it's out of my hands. <laughs> yeah, he really does. <laughs> I know. As soon as they, well, that's, you know, the, the whole thing is like, as soon as they ate the fruit, the whole thing's out of my hands. I was not prepared for this. Yeah, I, I was not prepared for what would happen after. And, you know, if you guys choose, you know, I want you guys to follow me, but if not, I'm going to kill you. <laughs> <laughs> So in some ways, it's always in my hands. Yeah, I will kill you. It's like, I really you want don't... you guys to make the right choice right now. I... As he's punching his fist like that, I've given you, you freedom. Really... I want you yeah. to use it wisely. God never, you know, that's a funny thing though. Uh, free will, and as you know, scientists and people are are starting to understand, like we don't really have free will. Like, free will is, like, debated outside of the Bible, but they don't really talk about it too much in the Bible or in the Torah or anything like that. It's just, you know, I guess that that's what they derive from it, but... They kind of never... There's kind of a thing in, like, the, the like, stuff with Pharaoh where God, Moses is telling Pharaoh, like, let my people go, and then it says God hardens Pharaoh's heart. So it, like, basically says, like, God... Like, Pharaoh doesn't have free will. God makes him be a hard ass because he wants to put on a big show. I don't know. Yeah, and uh, and the same thing happens with uh, Judas also. Is um, is there's a reference to, like, then, uh, then, like, God let a dark spirit enter Judas because Judas had to betray Christ so that Christ could be sacrificed. 
it's it's out of my hands, but it's also got to play out this way that I've decided. I don't believe in God, so I, I don't believe in free will. Um, I also don't believe anything we do matters. <laughs> no, I mean, yeah, that's the. Th- I mean, there's something I was like not sure how to formulate. There's something very uh, familiar in the idea that there's this uh, central authority figure who sets up all the rules. And then also claims to be unable to break any of the rules to, like, achieve anything. And I'm like, oh, is that – that's kind of just, like, human beings or at least, like, the masses' uh, association with leadership for, like, so much of history. It's just like, hey, can we have this thing? And then the people who have the power to do it be like, I don't have the power to do it for some strange reason. And that kind of – that's the God vibe a lot. Where it's like, well, I'm the one who set up the rules this way, so I can't break them. Where it's like, but whenever you need to break them, you do it constantly. Like, God never has any qualms about breaking the, like, you're my chosen people and I'll make sure no harm comes to you. Yeah, someone asking God to save them, and then he's like, I need to check with the parliamentarian, actually. Yeah, it's really, <laughs> Joe, it's really Joe Biden, like, right now. Like, thanks for electing me. I'd love to help you. I just can't right now. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I, I really can't. And actually, you know what? It's really on you. Uh, so I, I I don't know why you guys really elected me. <laughs> I mean, you know, in a weird way, I'm like, oh, God, is is like, is this why, like, European liberalism is so prevalent in the world? Where it's like, without even meaning to, it just sort of has, like, tied into this, like, hyper-reinforced idea of what leadership is, which is uh, nothing. Like leadership is basically uh, de- de- determined by its ability to inflict violence on you, not really in its ability to help you. I guess we have to. Re- I guess I have to read a book on FDR. He <laughs> seems to be the only like like uh, leader or politician in recent memory that just made good things happen. So uh, I- I'm not kidding when I'm saying this really inspires me to read a book because what was life set up like? So that he was actually able to will these things into place. Who, FDR? Yeah. I mean, I think it was like there were people who were like right on the edge of like, I guess if we don't have food, it doesn't matter if we burn everything down. So do, does it have to get that bad for that kind of stuff? I feel like in a lot of cases, I, I hope not, but I feel like in a lot of cases, that's what happens, right? Like... All right, Trump 2024. Uh, you, you, hear, you heard it here first, folks. Trump 2024. That's not even an endorsement. That's just what's going to happen. Uh, yeah, I mean, there's no way they're going to stop him. He's too, he's too funny. <laughs> <laughs> I think there's also just the, the aspect of like, uh, like, it just like, again, you have to make it so that people literally have nothing to lose. Like FDR comes to power in like the midst of the fucking Great Depression, like and right before they're about to enter World War Two. And everyone is like, well, again, I already live in a cardboard fucking shack. So what's the fucking difference if like, you know, I see a fucking person driving by with a bunch of food or whatever to a rich person's house? What's the fucking difference if I just fucking steal the car? There's no way to make an honest living, so I can at least make a living. Um, and I think that's kind of how shit is, right? Like, I don't I don't know what, like, I guess the biblical parallel would be every time God threatens to fucking just, like, mark the entire Israelite people is, like, that's their 
that's their little trump card in terms of them not being overthrown by just like these masses of people is that in this story there's a god who again can't do much to like make them you know feel safe or anything like that but he does have the ability to just fucking kill 2000 people in a day and at this point they're like they've been like marching around the desert for like 30 or 40 years or something like that and uh, they haven't come close to the promised land uh, so he can't get them there, but he will kill you if you question his authority. What? That's what we learned is actually not quite the case in the last one we did, is they get to the promised land, and they're just scared of the people who live in there, so now they have to march around the, the desert for 40 years as punishment. Yeah, God, it's like, you guys have to go do <laughs> ethnic cleansing now, and they're like, we're scared. <laughs> <laughs> like, all right, well... <laughs> You, you guys just did, you just you did, just did that, that episode with the twelve, with the 12 spies? spies. Yeah, uh, yeah. I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go back and listen to it. Oh, thanks. Yeah, it's uh, that's it another that's a, it's another one of those stories where it's like, oh, you learn about these things, but not really a lot of the 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 details. You kind of just hear like, oh, they went into the land and they were like, oh, some of these people are scary. Anyways, <laughs> they don't tell you about the like, look, we're. It's it's time to do some colonization, baby. <laughs> I mean, yeah, the spies are already like if you're spying on people, that's already a bad sign. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of hard to say you were invited in when you had to sneak in through the window. I'm trying to see. I'm like flipping through this chapter. Like, is there anything else? I kind of feel like it's mostly just I don't know. I was laughing because I have this book that's like a. It's like a Torah, like with commentary type thing. Um, in the one of the co- the commentaries, it's all very pro Torah, obviously, and like pro God. <laughs> Honestly, it'd be weird if it was. Yeah, but it's a, one of the things started out with like. To some people, it might seem like the Book of Numbers is telling the same story over and over and over again. <laughs> However, when I was like, yeah, no, it, it does. It absolutely seems that way. Yeah. I mean, they put every time they add little details, like <laughs> Moses picking up all the fucking copper off the ground after the people incinerated, which is fucking amazing. <laughs> well, I guess, like, the big question that always comes back for me is, like, why is Moses, why doesn't Moses want God to kill everyone? Does he love them? Is he, like, know. does he love them or does he, is he just scared? I don't know. Is it kind of the, maybe the thing with, like, a cult leader where, like, it's not necessarily about the people who surround them in the cult, but if there's no people around, there's no one to exalt them? It's the well, kind. Uh, uh, maybe um, at this time, and you see this this happened with Abraham as well, um, or a lot, I should say, uh, is that they're just playing good cop, bad cop. And so um, God is the bad cop, and the guy that is in front of you is trying to do the loving, merciful thing. And so if you don't listen to me, uh, then God's going to kill you. I don't want him to kill you, but he will kill you if you don't listen to me. And so um, like the guy they're looking at can't be the bad cop or they'll just kill him. Um, Like that. Yeah. So which by the way, listeners, that's what you're supposed to do. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, so this is just another case of 
you need this. You need the man of God, or else God will kill you. So treat the man of God right. I mean, it's just such uh, authoritarian bullshit. They love it. They love. Mm, they they smell authority. They're like yum 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 yum. <laughs> I don't know. I, yeah, I don't like this book. I don't like. The th- We're gonna finish. It. I don't like the lessons it teaches. <laughs> I don't like. The- <laughs> Why are you gonna finish it, John? I because. I don't know. I feel like I want to at least – we've made it so far. We literally have one book left. I guess but I guess what I'm reckoning with is that because like – I don't know. Genesis and Exodus were fun and like to a certain extent and like have culture – have stories that are like in the culture. But like what I'm reckoning with is that it's not going to get any better. It's It's all downhill from here. <laughs> I think when we get out of the actual Torah Torah and into like some of the, the numbers and stuff, when it that's kind of when stories come back into it. Cause like oh, this is like I feel like this shit. Yeah, this is also like they're they're kind of spitballing here. They'd like dropped the whole book of literally <laughs> just rules, and that was terrible. So I think now they're like, look, what if we do rules with like stories in them? But like, how do you really tell a story about how you're supposed to take the guts out of an ox when you sacrifice it because you did a bad boo boo? Like, okay. So they just keep telling the same story over and over again. I'm not. Man, I'm just. I'm not proposing we rename the whole podcast. But what if at some point we we read the New Testament and we call it Jews Five Jesus? <laughs> I hate it. <laughs> Man, I'm reading ahead right now. I'm flipping through and I'm seeing this. It's just going to be so boring for you guys. <laughs> I know. Well, that's why we're that's why we're splicing it in with with some other stuff. Other dumb bullshit. Oh, hey, did I tell you about um I tell you about the time that I was recording a, a radio show at that Christian talk radio station and they started speaking in tongues on the air. <laughs> that was a, that was a, that was an experience, man. I, uh, I, go on. Go now on. that we're doing this, I'm like, Oh, they were just like padding for time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you know how I know that is because they did it for 12 minutes. You know, according to the, the apostle Paul, uh, this is a big debate in churches. It's like split up like religions and shit is you're not supposed to speak in tongues unless you have uh, someone there with the gift of interpretation. Right. Because then you end up being like me in high school when I heard about it for the first time. And they're like, yeah, there's all these accounts of like someone in church just randomly falling on their knees and speaking Chinese. And I'm like, I doubt anyone in that room spoke Chinese. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, tongues comes out of the book of acts and they did say that, um, when the Holy Spirit first like falls on the people that, um, that a lot of them were speaking languages, which that would be impressive. Right. Uh, if it happens, but, but it's not true. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. If someone, I mean, I would believe in God if, uh, if a bunch of people would like just start speaking and and like in French or something and they never had any encounter with it, but it doesn't happen. And like a lot of this, so many things in the Bible, these miracles, these huge acts of power from God, they just don't happen to happen anymore. And in the, in the, in the time when they would actually mean something. And that's to say to all the listeners that if a random white person from Ohio says that at church, one of their congregants fell down and started speaking 
uh, I don't know, uh, Japanese. No, they didn't. <laughs> that never fucking happened. A way to check if it was actually Japanese is did everything rhyme? If everything rhymed, then <laughs> it was not. Um, but also, I know pe- people are getting flagrant with that stuff now too, especially with COVID stuff. People are just saying people used to it used to be like my cousin or something, and now people are just saying like like Joe Rogan says, I. I know three people that had heart attacks after they got the vaccine. <laughs> yeah. It's, oh, really? You know three people that had heart attacks, Joe Rogan? But he does say that. It's like, oh, I believe okay. that, that Joe Rogan knows more people who have had heart attacks than most people do. A lot of, <laughs> lot of red meat in those circles. <laughs> Yo, for real. Um, but I was just going to say, on the other side of that, if you have had an experience where you've uh, spoken in tongues um, and you want to you want to combat us saying that it's never happened, um, write in smite me podcast at gmail.com. Come on, dude, come on the pod and speak in tongues. <laughs> We're on the internet. We'll send it to people. I have an international friend group. We'll find what language you're fucking speaking in. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, well, do we have any final, uh, final comments on this, on this smiting? I mean, it's cool that it's a smiting. We ha- we honestly don't get that many of those. They've picked up. They've picked up a little bit. It's like smiting. It'll it'll they'll give us a smiting and then they'll sneak in some rules. Oh, I guess uh, I lo- go on. Go Sorry, on. the other thing that just popped in my head is that it's very funny the way that like the way that God keeps like these people will like have a rebellion against Moses and then God will like announce like, okay, from here on out, there's no more, no more rebellions, which was already a rule. It just reminds me of like how <laughs> after January 6th, like Biden wrote, like was making like new, like domestic terrorism laws. And it's like, yeah, that shit's already illegal, dude. <laughs> For real. <laughs> Storm the Capitol, but rule number one is no breaking the rules. <laughs> right. Uh, I, I'll just say that I love magic. I love uh, crazy things happening in the world um, that I would love for God to open up a pit in the ground and to kill a bunch of people now. To me, if you, if we can at any point and I'll die if God wants to kill me in front of you guys and he opens up the ground and it swallows me up. I'll make that sacrifice for there to be real magic like that in the world. Oh, uh, same. Would, I'm a I'm a performer. I, whatever yeah. it takes. <laughs> I would love magic to be real, but uh, this kind of magic, the kind that happens in the Bible and in the Old Testament and all these things that happens with Christ, this kind of magic is not real. The only kind of magic we have is in science, is in the depths of the ocean and the far reaches of outer space. And then, uh, you know, atoms, splitting atoms, that kind of stuff. But, yeah, I'm pulling for magic, but it ain't in this fucking thing. Yeah, it's, nope. it's, it's dark magic. <laughs> it's evil magic. It's just, it's mostly what it is. It's the magic of bad storytelling. <laughs> um, You know, I, it does make you really kind of appreciate how many mystical traditions are just centered around the, like, what if you could become God? Instead of worshiping God, you could just adopt the Godhead and be in magical control of your entire life. Well, but the lesson of this is like Korah wanted to become God and yeah, <laughs> he will, the earth will swallow you. Do not, you are not God. <laughs> but they can't hammer that home enough that we are not God. Yeah, it's like you can't, 
Uh, I think every cult, every religion starts eventually gets to where the leader is God. But you can't just spring it on people. You got to be <laughs> sneaky. You got to be sneaky about it. That's the lesson we've learned about everything. It's <laughs> sneaky. And then like even like if someone does it a generation or two later, those seem to be the best kind of religions too, where they deify someone long after they're dead. That seems to be the smartest way because then you can't like – question the guy's history at all right because then you can say that they fell down in the middle of church and spoke japanese and no one is there to be like no they fucking didn't yes well every time we read a little bit more my my appreciation of of the world lessons (laughs) i'm telling you that's why i'm changing my podcast it's like made it's made me sad reading this stuff because i'm just like oh we're just all so stupid and or like naive and sweet and we want there to be a god we want there to be magic like this we want to make sense of the universe but the universe just doesn't make any sense i mean that's why like there's so many different philosophers who will talk about how like the reason we kind of invent these stories and whatever is just because the idea of having to make every single choice throughout our entire lives and that that's essentially up to us is like terrifying where it's like, oh, then I have to take responsibility for literally everything that happens? And I think that's why, you know, when God first, like, comes to uh, the nation of Israel and says, you could have me as your king, or you could have a real king. And they go, ah, we'll take the real one. (laughs) (laughs) They're like, we don't want any responsibility for having a relationship with uh, the God of the universe. We'd rather just be able to look at this person and put it all on them like Moses or like Donald Trump or like Christ or any of this shit. The big three. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, I feel like that pretty much covers uh, our our friends, Cora and the rebellion against the. Yeah. Another person who died in that rebellion, it was Dathan who had been mouthing off this entire time. So I bet that was really satisfying for Moses because he was always like, just stayed in Egypt. This shit sucks. So, <laughs> I don't know. Well, yeah. Um, yeah. Thanks so much for coming on, Steve. Um, I know you mentioned read the Bible with me. Do you have anything else you want to? Just follow me on, on uh, Twitter at Big Hern or Hernia on Instagram. And uh, I promote everything there. So uh, you'll just find me at Big Hern on Twitter, Hernia on Instagram. Thanks so much for having me on, guys. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, if you guys want to tell us, hey, hey, if you had this as your Torah portion for your bar bat mitzvah or whatever, you know, give us give us your 13 year old shit brain take. It's not your fault. You're a shit brain 13 year old. But, <laughs> <laughs> you know, we're all we're all poisoned by the communities that we grow up in. Yeah. Tell us how your rabbi guided you towards making this story, taking this story and make, giving a speech about, like, the importance of donating to charity or whatever. <laughs> All right, everyone have a great... I was going to say evening because we always record in the evening, but it's fucking bright as shit outside. Have a beautiful day, everyone. You're listening (laughs) at 10 a.m.